You're listening to the Holistic Spaces podcast brought to you by Mindful Design Feng Shui School. Episode 226, Feng Shui and Gardening. Welcome to episode 226 of the Holistic Spaces podcast, where we hope to inspire, educate, and empower you to create your own holistic spaces that nurture and resonate with you. Angie Cho and Laura Morris are the founders of the Mindful Design Feng Shui School. We teach feng shui online at mindfuldesignschool.com. Be sure to sign up for our mailing list for unique opportunities only available for our newsletter subscribers. We would love to see you in your inbox. You can visit mindfuldesignschool.com, scroll to the bottom, and opt in for our mailing list. So since it's finally starting to really become warm and summer-like, Mm-hmm. Laura and I thought we would do a whole episode about feng shui and gardening. And you can also look at our older episodes from around this time of year, every year. We've been doing this for so long now, yeah. but we've had like really great different episodes with some of our graduates about feng shui and gardening. So we really recommend you check them out. And and while you're doing that, you should check out our graduates, our consultants that we have taught in the Mindful Design School. They're amazing. So we really recommend them. So yeah, garden feng shui. Mm-hmm. So Laura is going to talk a little bit more about this because Laura lives in a place where she can have a garden and I live <laughs> in New York City where we I don't you have. You can have a little, you can have, we can still talk a little bit about outdoor spaces too. But yes, you, if you, even if you have a little like flower box, you can still apply this stuff. But for the most part, we're going to talk about gardens and feng shui, we get this question a lot. And a lot of our students come into the program and they're really like something like every session, I think we have one or two students that's like, I really want to learn how to make a garden using or doing gardening or create gardens or design gardens using feng shui. And so we have an entire module about it, but I always open it by saying, well, guess what? If you know how to use feng shui inside, you know how to use feng shui outside. You know, yes, there are particulars and specifics that only happen, you know, with outdoor and and exterior forces that impact your home, but that's not what we're going to talk about today. What we're going to talk about is the space that you own or you have purview, you have, you can create with that you, it's yours, right? So, so in your own home, you have your home that all the inner walls, everything that's in there is yours and you can control it. And the same thing, if you have an outdoor space, even if it's a deck or whatever, that is also an outdoor space that you can feng shui and and work with. And so the same things that you would do inside, you would think about doing outside. And you can do this if you have the knowledge for gardening which is think is goes without saying. So if you're going to DIY your garden outside, you're going to have to do your research about plants as well, or work with a professional horticulturist or garden center, whatever, because you can use the fundamentals. And the three that we're going to talk about today, Angie and I are going to go through are the flow of chi, right? How energy moves around Two, the five elements and three, the bagua. So those three principles, systems, frameworks, you can use them outside like you use them inside. And and that, that said, you can use this whole episode for your inside 
of your home, the interior of your home, if you don't have an exterior space too, because like Laura said, these are the same principles. And so it's fun to see it from an inside out or outside in perspective. So uh, you want to start with the flow of chi? Well, yeah, we can start with the flow of chi. And if you're interested, again, on the inside part and you want to know a little bit more about this, you know, you can listen to our episodes about the bedroom. You know, we've got a lot. Of, we talk a lot about what to look for, be aware of in your space when um, and I think the living room, we have so many individual room podcast episodes as well that you can go into. But for an outdoor space, you know, you still want to make sure that the energy or the chi is flowing smoothly. So, you know, that there is an entryway into this outdoor space. Maybe it's a gate that goes in. Maybe you just pass through, you know, into the, from the side of the house or you walk in, or maybe you go from the back door in. And when you move into this space, things flow easily. So, you know, you don't hit a lot of, um, you know, you don't trip, you don't fall down a broken step, you know, all that kind of stuff. You, you are able to smoothly move through the space and that it feels easy and that wherever you can walk easily, that's where the chi can move easily. So those are kind of guidelines to think about. Angie, there are other things that you would say more like practical things that you can bring into for the flow of chi idea in the back. Yeah. So I think a practical way to invite this flow of chi would be to think about how water flows and visualize yourself like water moving through your garden. And you can even practically maybe bring in water elements along the pathway to invite this flow of chi using water. But really having a flowing, curvy, meandering pathway that is defined yet still spacious can invite this flow of chi and doing this in proportion to your outdoor area. Yeah. And, you know, some of you out there might be going, oh, but I have a patio that's a square. That's fine. You don't have to just have it in your hard landscaping. It's a balance of the yin and the yang. It's a balance of, you know, straight and curvy. But having more curved lines, rounded lines and shapes will bring ease. So maybe you need to bring in more soft shrubbery around the edge. Okay. Or something that, you know, maybe there's a nice little meandering pathway or the little kind of curved line that you've created with river wash stone, you know, I don't know, something like that. But just you want to soften it. You don't want to have a whole lot of hard straight lines everywhere. You want to balance. Two is one that we're going to go through a little bit in more detail because there's five of them, but we're going to talk about using and working with the five elements in your outdoor space. And the five elements are wood, fire, earth, metal, and water. And Again, you know, we talk a lot in many of our podcasts about how to work with each of these. I mean, we we have podcasts about each of them, about how to work with them in your space, how to cultivate them, how to bring more of it if you need certain kinds of energy. So we're not going to get in too deeply in terms of what each of the elements mean, because you can listen to a podcast that's literally all about the wood element, which we do generally in the springtime. We time them with the seasons. But overall, if you wanted to, let's say we start with the wood element. So you want to bring that energy of wood. And if I had to sum it up in one word, it would be vitality and growth. 
that's two words, is to bring trees and greenery in your garden, right? So you're likely to already have this element covered. You're going to probably have wood element because not only is it the color green, it's really any plant is the wood element. So you have that. And then Angie, I'll do wood and then you do fire. Want to toggle? Okay, cool. And if you want to take it up a notch, you could bring in evergreens. So these are trees, shrubs, plants that maintain that wood element, that green all year round, which is nice because in the dead of winter, you can still have that, you know, that, that balance, that, that vital greenery that really makes you feel alive. Like it's a really important element to have. Next is fire element. So I guess we'll go through and give a couple of words to describe each element. So the fire element, just off the top of my head, I would say is brightness in transformation. And the sunlight itself that is part of our natural world is a fire element offering to your garden. And the greenery and the botanicals in your garden require, they need the sunlight in order to thrive, right? They grow with the sunlight. They feed on the sunlight. So it's quite important. And it does create transformation. The sunlight allows a seed to break open and grow into a plant. So the sunlight itself offers a fire element and having enough sun available for your garden is important and planting things according to the individual requirements of the lighting requirements is really something that's important as well in planning your garden. And then you could bring in the color of red, which is tied to the fire element. There are plants that have red accents And also another way that you could bring in the fire element is through the triangular shape. So if you have a plant with red accents, like an azalea bush with red azalea, that could be a plant with red accents. And then triangular leaves also bring in fire without necessarily bringing in the color red, but it's nice to possibly have both as well. So adding this fire feature along with something from each of the other five elements can invite in a balance too. So a lot of people ask us like, how do I use the five elements? One simple way is just to have all of the five elements exhibited in some way in your garden, or you could focus on one that you're trying to work with. Other ways you can bring in fire. One of my favorites are the Japanese maple tree. If your climate and your lighting requirements and your skill level can work with that, And even red geranium, so a red flower will also work. Yeah, and that's what we were talking about. Even if you have a planter or a little railing with your little planter boxes out on your deck, red geraniums is a way to do it. Next will be the earth element. So two words to describe earth, nurturing and grounding. And earth element is fairly straightforward to incorporate into your outdoor space because a lot of us when we're creating especially if you are doing a yard or a front lawn or you know and you're you're actually going to do some landscaping you're going to bring in what's called hardscaping which is stones stonework boulders patio stones all of that stuff is the earth element you know pebbles 
all that stuff represents the earth element. So it gives you that grounding, that you know, strong, settled energy that you might be craving. You can also use, if you don't have the ability to do big boulders or stonework or anything like that, you can keep it really simple. Get a terracotta pot and put yellow flowers in it. That's a very easy way to do it as well. And that you can put, you know, I'm thinking right now what I'm going to get is I'm I'm looking for and I'm going to get a big terracotta pot and a lemon tree. <gasps> Imagine. And obviously it's going to have to come inside in the wintertime. And yellow flowering shrubs are also great. And an example of one really good example of a yellow flowering shrub is a potentilla. And potentillas flower all summer long. So they, they flower. Forsythia is another good one. But forsythia, if you know forsythia, they're the first to flower early, 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 early spring. Like it's like, boom, it's the first thing, but then it's like, it's gone. <laughs> so potentilla is with you a little bit longer. It continues throughout. So moving on from earth, we have the metal element. And in two words, metal is related to joy and clarity. The color of metal is white. So this could be a good reason to plant shrubs or plants with white blooms, like a bridal white spirea or white hydrangeas. And there's lots of different plants that have white flowers. You could also look at shrubs or plants with silvery flowers like lamb's ear. And those have that feeling of metal using the color. You could also incorporate metal more literally with things like a wind chime. So having a wind chime in your garden can incorporate sound and the sound of metal to bring in more beauty, more clarity, and more joy into your garden space. And then the last of the five elements is water. Water is connected with wisdom and finding that your path in life, okay? So that sort of seeking and deep, deep wisdom. Consider investing, if you want, into with a small, some kind of water feature, right? You can do that. And it runs the gamut in terms of pricing and how much you can do. I mean, you can go crazy. You can put a pond in with a fountain in it. Water features are really great to also if there is flowing water in them. So if you have moving water rather than stagnant water, that's ideal. So having, I mean, not if it's a bird bath. I mean, bird baths are a positive because you just keep them clean and birds are eating and drinking and, you know, using them. So it's positive on that uh, in that way. But it's nice to have moving water because that's opportunities flowing to you. So that's another element or another side of water is opportunities flowing to you as well and resources. So it's a it's actually a pretty important element to bring in overall into the your home or into your garden. And if you didn't want to do a water feature, because that's, that's not an easy thing to do, you could just bring in the color that's associated with water, and that is black. You could also think very, very dark, dark, dark gray as well. And a really kind of straightforward way of doing it is you could do it in your furniture or, you know, a table, an outdoor table or outdoor seating. Or if you have what I have at my house is out front of my house. I have two black urns 
that are kind of, they stand on either side of the front door and the black planters or urns. And then I fill them with flowers of, of all different colors. And also my front door happens to be in what's called the, which is going to kind of bring us into the next point is in the career gua right in the front of my house so it really it also plays on that my front door is black as well so the whole thing looks really nice so that brings me to the next and final way that you can use feng shui to create your garden by using a tool or a framework that we use all the time everywhere else that's what the bagua the bagua map can be placed on anything. It can be placed on a room. It can be placed on a home, but it can also be placed on a lot or on a yard, however you want to do it. So you can also use the Bagua. Angie, do you want to give a quick one-liner on what the Bagua is? Sure. The Bagua map is a tool that we use in feng shui. And most people typically have seen it overlaid on your floor plan. But just like Laura said at the beginning of this podcast, these concepts apply not just to your home, like the interior space, but also to the exterior space. So you could lay the Bagua on your whole property, or if it's appropriate, just on your garden area. And we actually have a really great podcast with one of our, of our graduates, Rose, where she did a Bagua garden design. So she created a small garden concept based on the Bagua map. And so the Bagua map is eight areas around a center, and they relate to different life areas, but also different elements, different colors, different life paths, different feelings and energies. So this is something that you can use to create more balance and feng shui harmony in your garden. Yeah. And we have the podcast with Rose. We also have a three-part podcast series just on the Bagua, if you want to know more about the Bagua. And we have a downloadable kit. If you go to our website and go to our blog page, you'll see it there and you can learn more about the Bagua. So as Angie said, you could think about what do you want to cultivate in your life a little bit more and enhance and activate. And then you could focus on one of those areas that correlates with as part of your, your yard or your overall lot. So for example, if you want your outdoor space to also support wealth and abundance, you could add plants, shrubs that have purples in them or that even have the wood element, which again, remember, we we talked pretty much all plants are the wood element. But if you add in the color purple, that color purple is associated with the wealth area in the Bagua. And that is located in the rear left-hand corner of your garden. But again, be sure if you have more questions at the Bagua, be sure to go in and download the kit that we have where it walks you through the basics of the Bagua. And that's on our blog page on our website. Yeah. So, we wish we could tell you everything in this podcast, but I think it also gets many... confusing. It gets yeah. a little, sometimes it gets like, it's, it's, it doesn't get, it's, we broke it over three separate podcasts to go into the Bagua and all the areas for a reason. And <laughs> it's just, it, sometimes it's nice to also see the visual. So that's why we created it. Super. Yeah, absolutely. Nice. We wanted to give more, not make you go to our website. <laughs> mm -hmm. So on a final note about creating a garden by using feng shui principles would be to create a space overall when you're doing this 
be sure to create a space that you can manage and you can easily maintain, right? So if you want to create a feng shui garden that supports you, that's fantastic. That's great. Just make sure that it's not overwhelming because you don't want to create a difficult situation for yourself. I was so funny. I was just, I was getting my nails done this morning (laughs) and I was sitting there and I was listening to a woman talking behind me and she's like, oh, you know, talking to the girl. She's like, oh, what are you doing? She's like, oh, I've been working on my garden. She's like, oh my God, it's so much work. I've spent four days out there trying to get it ready. And she's like, and it's like she was complaining and she's like, ah, you know, it's so big. And she goes, oh, but I love it. (laughs) But it sounded like it was, it was obviously overwhelming and gardens can't, she was happy to do it, I guess, and had the time to do it. But gardens can take, depending on what you plant, maintaining a garden is a lot of work. If you have a big one and you have, depending on the kind of uh, plant material you have in it, and you don't really want, you know, let's say your wealth area or to get all overgrown and out of control or, you know, certain other parts of your, you know, the Bagua. So just be really mindful of choosing a garden that works for you and choose like one or two things that we talked about here today to focus on. You don't have to make the whole thing a giant feng shui garden. Every time Angie and I talk about these things, we always say, you know, what do you, what's your intention? What do you want to work on? And then just pick a really simple one or two things. Don't go crazy. Don't overdo it. Yes. Thank you, Laura. Don't overdo it. So thank you so much, everyone, for listening to another episode of the Holistic Spaces podcast. You can tune in every week for a new episode. And if you like our podcast and this episode, you can share it with others. Subscribe leave a review. You can always support us by checking out our certification and any courses we may be offering at mindfuldesignschool.com. And you can join our mailing list by visiting mindfuldesignschool.com, going down to the bottom of the page, opting in there, or there'll probably be a button to sign up on the show notes on whatever podcast app you're listening to our podcast on. Well, thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next week.